Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of January 19th, 2020. This is the last week of training camp, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. And this week, we travel down to Houston to get a feel for each team. And, ooh, we're getting that feeling. It's episode 105, Camp XFL Show. And Bryant and I are camped out here in Houston. I'm in front of you, Bryant. It's weird doing the show in your presence, but... It is a pleasure nonetheless because it means big things are happening. <laughs> it really is. I'm a little confused here, Alan, because I haven't learned how to make a fire quite yet. I thought that's what's not that that's kind what of going to know. That's not what's no. happening down here. It's been a lot of fun here. Uh, we've we've been touring. We've made three team practices so far. Uh, we're going to try to hit every single one of them. We're staying with one of them as well. So it's a lot of fun here, Dad, in Houston. Yes, lots of fun with only three weeks until kickoff and. We have a lot of interaction going on on social media, and it's really cool to see. We're getting a lot of love, a lot of hype out there, and and people are tweeting out all this excitement at XFL Show to us, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it when I go to Twitter that we are that close, Jake. I could feel when I go to social media, which is not even a real-life place. It's virtual, but I could feel the real-life excitement for kickoff in three weeks. Yeah, you should. You should be feeling it as all of us are. We are closer than ever. Uh, Brian, the question quickly I want to ask you, uh, how are you guys being treated as the outsider? You know, is there any hazing going on? Are people freezing your underwear or anything? (laughs) No, nothing like that, Jake. It's actually uh, the league has been quite... I would say welcoming to all to, to us here. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Everyone's been super helpful. We've made a lot of friends with all the teams. So it's, it's been a great time here in Houston. I, I, I That's mean, right. Good, good strategy. Stay on their good sides. I mean, what are you saying there for? I'd say we, because uh, we are, we're with the league. We're an official podcast. Vince, you need to remind these guys, we are an official XFL podcast. Yeah, we are. You can even uh, check out XFL.com. And there is a link to the podcast on on that website. So you can access the show. You can see what's going on. In addition to following it and subscribing on all other sorts of social media and podcast applications yes any podcast application of your choosing and we are there and of course you could even call in we have the phone number 724-565-4xfl if you'd like to get in on the xfl fan line leave us a message get it on the show you're welcome to i mean so many fun websites to go on to as well but we don't have the time vince i don't know if you've been checking out xfl.com slash rules are you st- are you still are you still good on your favorite website or what about footballadvisorynetwork.com? Two great websites. Well, xfl.com/rules is still my home page. It's probably going to be at least for the next, you know, couple months until I could, you know, recite all those rules by heart. 
<laughs> That'd be a good test to have on the podcast. Who can memorize the most? Are you rules? making flashcards, Vince? Is that what you're doing? I, I, I would hope that the referees are at least. <laughs> oh, the referees! The referees! The, the referees! We actually saw some XFL referees today. Uh, as of our live on tape recording, we saw the Houston and LA joint practice, and Jake, they had refs there, and they were wearing referee uniforms, and they were very interesting. You know, I, I can't wait to see them. Uh, you know, like we said, we're only three weeks away. I know I, I have to say this quickly. Did anybody else watch professional football in a different way last week, especially for the kickoffs, thinking how they yeah. were going to look different? Yeah. Or was it just me? You know, Jake is usually <laughs> silent during, you know, non-show hours. And he sent us this random text <laughs> and says, that would have been a great double forward pass play in the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It makes, it really makes exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, we are down in Houston. So what we have going on today is, uh, I mean, a lot. So we have good, crisp interview after good, crisp lots, interview. Lots of, yes. lots of awesome short interviews we did with some players. We were at Guardians and Wildcats camp the other day, and we talked to some players and uh, got a real good feel for what it's like for them uh, over the last week and a half down here in Houston. So you're going to hear from six players on this week's episode. You also are going to get Bryant and I's reaction to what we've seen, observations we made at the practices, at the joint practice as well. And, uh, well, we have some stories to tell as well because it has been pretty fun and interesting. And, well, that's what we do. We go places and we get into it. We get into shenanigans, hijinks. And uh, that did happen, the, especially the other day, Brian, when we, uh, well, when we left L.A. Wildcats practice and then it's just. It, the it stories. A, just stick was, around. We got <laughs> not bizarre, but just odd <laughs> and fun. A lot of fun. Do you think I got five stars? Yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely. That's all I was worried about. So we're going to tell you some stories. We're going to talk, of course, about uh, what's going on in the league because we've got some transactions to talk about. Uh, a handful. Joe Horn Jr. gets traded. To, to New York from Houston for wide receiver Tavon <laughs> Jacobs, Vince. But I want to ask you, what's up with all the receiver-for-receiver receiver trades? I still don't understand. You rarely see that, the same position for the same position in, in, in the NFL, at least. Yeah, Alan, we were talking about that uh, this past week. I mean, it just seems a little strange, but, you know, guys with different skill sets, how they're meshing with the team, you know, you got to be able to get guys that are going to fit your system. And, you know, if you got an opportunity to make your team better, if there's something that you're you're missing, you got a chance to go get them. You got to go, you got to go out and get them regardless of what it is. And, you know, uh, it's a little interesting. You know, you talked about receiver for receiver. It could be the fact that, hey, you know, if you're uh, if you're trying to get a if you're giving up a receiver uh, and you got to fill that position on your roster, it might be a little tough now with the fact that, you know, you've already had the draft. You got to go out and sign somebody. There might not be a good guy available. So you may say, hey, I need to get a receiver in return. Yeah, it uh, it it was uh, another one of those. I mean, we've seen those. Uh, multiple times over the last few weeks. Receivers in particular, which has been the interesting one. We had the Rocket Ross one, yeah. L.A. to D.C. Um, so we'll see. Maybe just coaches have this feeling about certain guys. They change their minds. I don't know exactly. And the other trade, Brian, is two offensive guards going from St. Louis to New York. Avery Young, Dejon Allen get traded to the Guardians. And St. Louis, 
Battlehawks getting an offensive tackle, Brian Wallace, and a cornerback in David Rivers. You know, Alan, we were at the New York Guardians practice first, and we and we were talking about their offensive line and how maybe it was, you know, a little small, but I think they're they're trying to bulk up their offensive line, getting two guards there. Uh, but Rivers was making plays already in practice. He he, he had an interception today uh, during the uh, the scrimmage with the uh, Renegades. Yeah, we and we saw those DBs with the Guardians. We'll talk about them. Uh, look pretty impressive. Um, and another uh, move here: uh, the Dragons released Chase Lighton, the quarterback, leaving them with three now: Brandon Silvers, B.J. Daniels, and Joe Callahan. Vince, uh, it's a, it's a battle up there for the starting job. I think we all are going to bet on Brandon Silvers, uh, but one guy goes away. It's down to three. Jim Zorn has his pick of the litter. Bryant's been putting that quarterback situation over a whole lot on the show. What do you think of its status right now? Yeah, that's at least it kind of seems, and you guys could tell me, you know, since you're down there, you could tell me if I'm wrong. That seems like the most undecided maybe uh, of the quarterback situations with a lot of, you know, some weird shuffling. We're both shaking our heads right now. Being in Houston, you could tell that there's some other battles out there that are still being undecided. There are jobs to be won all over the league. Okay. And, 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 you know, even in Dallas now with the injury to Landry Jones – I'd say that, you know, they and they bring in Eric Dungy. I mean, for however long he's out, I'm sure they're going to be – they're not settled on exactly how they replace their quarterback, one of the more settled positions. So, yeah, it's 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 training camp, man. And when injuries happen and competition's on, you really aren't settled on a depth chart until February 8th for these coaches, it, it seems it like. It really is. I mean, all, all positions are up for grabs because you've got to remember that Linton was assigned uh, to, the, to the to the Dragons, uh, that second round of assignments when it came to quarterback. So, really, anything's up for grabs in this league. I, I guess the only point I wanted to make was that, yeah, sure, you know, you're having this draft and you, and you don't, you know, mm-hmm. only a lot of it's, you know, based off of film and then some, some of the showcases, but – you know, quarterback, you know, these are supposed to be the tier one guys. These are supposed to be the guys that are supposed to lead the franchises. And you think that those would be some surefire players. But what we're seeing is that in what you're telling me is that that's not the case across the league. I, I think there's multiple guys that are capable of doing the job in multiple cities well, or, or with these teams right now. And that these coaches have actually difficult well, decisions to make. Well, I think that there's 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 no doubt that there's capable players. I'm not saying that there's only eight good quarterbacks in this league. Uh, we all know that there's more, but you know, uh, you know, leaving the Renegades out of it because they have an injury there. Of the other seven teams, how many quarterback jobs would you say are up for grabs right now? Oh, let's say I'm I'm gonna say. Well, we went to New York, and I I'd say McGloin is pretty much. I feel like he's. Mm. I feel like McGloin's good. Bryant is in love with Marquise Williams, who I think is a good player, but I don't think he's yeah. surpassing McGloin for the starting job. Um, so I would cross them off the list. I'd say I, LA's really? there. Yeah, New York is it's settled. I'd say Marquise the complete opposite of that. Watching yesterday. Marquise Williams is a tough SOB. I'll tell you that right now. An excellent, excellent runner dimes. of the football. Uh, all right, he's still got touch. I, I like what Brian's saying here. I'm, I'm excited to see. I would real love to see Marquise Williams uh, start for the Guardians. Well, the best part of it is if we weren't here, we wouldn't even know this was happening. So this also, McGloin's uh, face is all over uh, the subways of that New York true. City. So I like him <laughs> to start. Uh, but L.A. is Oh, well, yeah, New York's never turned on an athlete. <laughs> St. Louis, I think, is open. Um, L.A., St. Louis, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, Dragons. Honestly, you're, you know, you 
think Seattle is, um, and some people we've seen on on social media at least might. I feel like Brandon Silvers is going to start there. So yeah, but it's I, not for, one. I think the question is, is what's still up for grabs? I say only Houston, um, Houston, DC, Dallas are the only three solidified starting. Oh, those are those are the locks. You're, you're saying. What yes. about Tampa? Who in Houston? Um, uh, we saw them today, and neither guy you would expect to start even played because they sat both their quarterbacks. Well, that's why I I, I think we're we're never mind. I don't I put think Houston, Houston there. Sucks. I have no idea who's starting at Houston for week one, Vince. I'll tell you that. Um, what about Tampa? Tampa Bay, I, 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 I'm crossing them off. I think it's okay, Aaron fine. I'll take job. I'll take Houston off. You're right. That's, 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 Houston's up there. Houston, Houston, L.A. I guess the only sure. two is really Washington and, and, uh, and D.C. Uh, and Tampa, you're good on Cardale and Aaron Murray, I think. New York, I'd say you're good on McGloin. Seattle, I would say Silvers seems like it. But then we saw Houston and L.A. today, and I really feel like they have some decisions to make. It's fun, though. We'll see what these transactions over the next few weeks, too. That could also tell us something. Um, and then and, and then there was, you know, among other transactions, one more we'll talk about, uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers, who are in our hotel. We're in their hotel. We're in the same building. We're going to try to flag one of them down afterwards. Is, is, is there just a constant going on yeah. there. Oh, I yeah. thought it was the water running. You're right. It might just be something. Did they put like a big sign like outside the hotel that says like, welcome to the snake pit or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, Antonio Callaway is what I want to get to here. Uh, the former Cleveland Brown wide receiver, Florida Gator, uh, signs with the Tampa Bay Vipers. We haven't seen him yet around the hotel or at practice, but he's joining the club and a lot of buzz on that because I mean, he had issues during his NFL career, but Antonio Callaway comes in with a lot of ability, big play ability, down-the-field ability for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah, no doubt about it. This kid out of Booker T. Washington High School in Miami played for the Gators in Gainesville. Uh, This guy, you know, big-time athlete, uh, didn't, you know, uh, quite make enough waves to stick around in the NFL, but, you know, not short on ability at all, Alan. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that's a pretty solid downfield threat that Tressman just scored and uh, could be really a, a game changer this late in the game, too, in terms of training camp to bring someone on like that. Uh, really, really good move. We'll see if he can keep his head above water. He has had his issues driving, especially. <laughs> keep him away from a car. I don't, even, I don't let him drive. Don't let Antonio Callaway get... Get into a vehicle at the driver's wheel. Don't, just let him go play football, Eddie. I think he'll be good. He's a fun <laughs> player to watch. And, uh, you know, we, we'll, maybe if we've run into him, Brian, we'll flag him down and talk to him about joining the XFL. We are in their building. Who knows what could happen? It's been uh, pretty insane in terms of us running around, running into people, talking to people. And it's it's weird. We're talking to them not on the podcast. It's hard not – I mean, I just want to be like, okay, hold on. Let me get my recorder out right. with every conversation – can't do that. That would be rude. We, so we tried to have a, a conversation with Dean Blandino in the lobby yeah. of our hotel too. We, could, I mean, it's it's, just, it's hard not to uh, to fan out a little bit at these ho- at these hotels where you're walking. There's a lot of XFL presence for sure. Yeah, we got to do work. We got to do work. If I, if we do run into Jeff Bidet of the Renegades, I want to ask him about that SpongeBob visor. Jake, did you see the SpongeBob <laughs> visor 
on Jeff. I, I did, but perhaps the first question you should ask him is, how do you pronounce your last name correctly? <laughs> yeah, that's a question on <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah, mind. Yeah, these visors, uh, is this something uh, just for just for practice that we're seeing or any any word if these are going to be legal in-game? Um, I haven't heard either way, honestly, but I feel like these are here to stay. These players are going to get to I, show a little personality I with think their visors. Would, yeah, I think it would be very cool if you could see these on television. Um, you know, with, I, I don't know, with trademarks and, and rights and all that. I don't know, but I mean, you know, th- this would be something personalized, going back to the original XFL. Instead of he hate me, you're seeing, you know, SpongeBob. On somebody's visor. Or, I mean, I saw, I, shout out to LA Wildcats receiver. I don't know which one it was, but we saw one of them wearing uh, Rick and Morty socks, Jake, <laughs> which was really good. I mean, it was yeah. Rick holding up uh, a Peace Among Worlds sign. And if you're a fan of that show, you know what that means. <laughs> but well, it was a, it, they, they got a lot of, they got a lot of flavor on these fields. All the, ever, across every team, everyone's showing personality, at least with the fashion. And, uh, you know, how they're going out there and, and practicing. They're getting to be themselves in this league. It's really cool to see. And that does it for this uh, week's uh, Fashion Corner with Jake. Uh, before we move on any further, now it's time for kind of a, a pretty big announcement because it's a schedule change, new show schedule. We want to start reiterating this to everybody, and we'll hammer it home the rest of the show and, you know, until everyone realizes because next week we're going two every week, baby. We have a new schedule. I'm sorry, what was that, Alan? Two. Okay. Every single week. That's two shows every week. Every Tuesday morning, every Thursday night, you can expect a brand new This is the XFL Show episode. Plus, we're going to have bonus minisodes whenever necessary because sometimes those dates, maybe we'll have a show out and some news hits or something we have to react to. We're going to be there. We're going to be putting out as much content as possible, and we think that with those time, with the, that time frame, that schedule, we're going to be able to do a lot of good recaps of games, previews of games, set us up for good interviews, and have a lot of fun as the season progresses where there's a whole lot going on we have to talk about. Our goal is always good, crisp podcasts here, and that's what we're going to try to provide to you guys. Uh, so, yeah, every Tuesday morning, every Thursday night, expect the show to drop. Uh, like Alan said, if there's any news in between, uh, nothing's going to stop us from getting back on these microphones, though, for sure. That's, again, every Tuesday morning every Thursday night. Keep it locked to this podcast feed. Same podcast feed and XFL.com, XFL YouTube channel. We have our own playlist there now, our own our own spot there on the YouTube as well. So wherever you get us now, you're going to keep getting us, but now twice a week starting next week. And we've got really good stuff planned for next week. So keep it, keep it uh, tuned in and we're going to be churning out a whole lot of stuff as the season progresses because it's only three weeks away as jake says closer than ever and uh it's so close uh globe life park is actually already done and ready for football remember when we used to be scared that it wouldn't be jake uh, did you see the pictures of globe life park the dallas renegades football stadium converted now used to be a baseball park it is now a football home for the renegades they've got bleachers and everything yeah, we were concerned that, uh, you know, there was rumor and innuendo that perhaps it wasn't going to be the second week of the season that this was going to be ready. But, of course, we knew that Dallas had a home game. And I, I do believe I saw these pictures on XFL.com on the training camp page, but I'm uh, I'm scrolling down right uh, right now. Uh, yes, th- there it is. Yeah, what do you think of that look, that Globe Life Park becoming a football field? It's That's, it's that's some di- nice grass. That, that's some healthy – 
Healthy grass, I'll say you that. I think that's a Bermuda. Is it, is it a Kentucky <laughs> blue grass? Blue it's probably a hybrid. Can we just say Kentucky blue? Because I just love saying it. I just like that. I just like that it's a, a perfectly good park, not going to waste. You know, just because the Rangers leave there doesn't mean it can't be used. And the XFL is coming in there. And just like we saw today with the Roughnecks converting Houston Cougars domicile, their, their stadium, into their own place. Making a house a home, it's what it's all about. Well, what, what better than to take what the Texas Rangers used to use and use it use it for yourself to raise some hell, right, Vince? <laughs> That's right. They're going to be hell raising <laughs> down in that ballpark. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the pictures. I, I, it's interesting, you know, anytime you convert, uh, you know, a stadium like uh, a baseball stadium for football, you see it in, in bowl games and, and special attractions. Uh, but it looks like th- this more permanent set of I'm really digging it. And uh, as we dink and dunk our way into some uh, interviews we're about to play for you, uh, last thing here, if you came across this, this was out um, uh, public info now, I guess, because locally in Houston they're talking about there will be uh, broadcasts of the Houston Roughneck games on the radio in town here on 97.5 ESPN. Uh, there's been an agreement reached, so – you can look out if you're in the Houston area, if you're a Houston Roughnecks fan, uh, all their games are going to be broadcast over the radio. And I know not everybody listens to football on the radio like uh, I do. I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, for the people who care about it, you're going to be able to get it if you're a Roughnecks fan, which is cool to see, I think. I'm all about having voices of teams on the radio. You got? I, I think it's essential. Some people don't, Bryant, but I'm hyped for that. I'm, I'm really happy the Roughnecks are doing it. Well, you originally had asked um, the, the Commissioner Oliver Luck in your first interview way back when if there would be radio. Selfishly, because <laughs> I love radio. I, I, asked, I asked that. Okay, <laughs> well, Vince okay, asked that. <laughs> well, then, Vince, how do you feel about having a radio station here in, in Houston playing the, the Roughnecks game? I guess it's essential. I've never been a big fan of football on the radio. I'm more of a baseball on the radio kind of guy. Well, well, uh, well, you're from a town that doesn't have any. Uh, so that's probably why you're not too familiar with it. But if you have a, a you know, if football is a, is a deep tradition in your time and you have a voice to go along with that, kind of like, you know, the, the narrator uh, of the of the story that's being told each and every week, each chapter of the season, I, I think it, it really brings it all together. There's nothing better than seeing highlights uh, of a game with your guy. Call call in the highlights dubbed over it. Am I right, Alan? I mean, it's beautiful. Those highlights is and at the end of the season, you put it together with the yearbook, and you've got a consistent voice over every single moment of the season. It's very special, and it touches you deep in your heart if you're a fan of that team. Um, so there you go, and we'll hopefully be hearing that going on for some of the other teams in their markets. But right now, um, Houston expect them to get uh, the ra- the radio love. Uh, all season long in in Houston. That's really cool to see, and uh, I'm super pumped for it. And uh, I'm super pumped for you guys to hear these interviews because Bryant and I have been wa- romping all over Houston, meeting and, and rubbing elbows with all these players and coaches. And oh man, did we hang out with some coaches? We got. We got to tell you about that. But let's do players first, Jake. We've got six of them. Do you, is six enough for you this week, Jake? I know you, you expected a lot from us, and we're hoping we delivered. We went to two practices before we were, we recorded the show this week. New York and L.A., we were able to nab three players from each team. Is that is that good enough? Well, yeah, I mean, six is a number. 
Uh, I, I want a little context. <laughs> you know, is this are these on the field? Did you grab these guys whenever uh, you know, they weren't running drills or after practice? Okay, yeah, we. I think that's light. Well, yeah. I, well, in fairness, I did try to run a route with one of the receivers, but he beat me by like you know two steps. He was gone, so I, I really couldn't keep up with him. Yeah, yeah, you, that was not pretty. But you know, it was my twenty-yard throw when a ball flew to the sidelines to me. And I got it back into the into the I ball don't know. spotter. The number time. the numbers are not twenty yards in from the sideline, Alan. I mean, I was pretty good. That was a great throw. I mean, that was just an estimation, know. I think. Jake, the ball spotter is trying to get. He lost the, the ball. He's trying to get it spotted. You got the play clock going. It's madness. They're they're running real life drills, and the ball falls over to old Allen, and he's got to get the ball into the ball spotter. Right? It was a relay. He, for the ages. I will say because of Allen's throw, that ball was spotted within the seven seconds estimated. Yes. Yep. Within the well, estimated that, that's seven all seconds. that really counts, I guess. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, I'm really interested in this interview you did with Demetrius Cox, uh, uh, a former former Jeanette Jayhawk, Jake. Uh, see, see if he mentioned anything about Mr. Denunzio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if he didn't, I, I'm sure he was telling other people on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't talk about the much. wedding soup. We, we didn't talk too much Western PA uh, football uh, with him. We talked mainly XFL and what it's like to be a guardian with Demetrius Cox, as well as his teammates Tanner Gentry, the wide receiver, and the safety AJ Hendy out of Maryland. We'll start with the Guardians because that's where we went first, and those are the three gentlemen we got to speak with. So that's one offensive player, one wide receiver, and two DBs. Interesting perspectives here because we talked to. All three of them, and about well, the headset communications issue that we've been discussing, and how the offense might have the advantage. How these guys are super hyped for the season to start. What it's like coming together as a team. What it's like being defenders in a league that's going to really push the pace for the offenses. You get all of that from all three of these players here. We're going to start with the wide receiver Tanner Gentry, take you to Demetrius Cox, the safety, and the other safety Ed Jehendi from the New York Guardians, right here with this week's. Good Crisp Interview, Part 1. Good Crisp Football. Hey, Tanner, so how was practice today, man, overall? How's it feeling? Really good. Um, we, had, we had a scrimmage the other day and uh, learned, learned some things, had a good day off, uh, recover, and got back out here and, and made some plays, and good to get back to work. You guys have been in Houston a while now. It's kind of winding down. You're going to start going full speed with other teams a little bit before kickoff in a few weeks. Are you excited for that? Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, we've been going against our defense, uh, and it's been a good battle. We've got a lot of good players over there. Um, we've been going against them for a while, but it'll be good to get some new competition and uh, get to go against the guys that we're going to see during the season. How about the intensity level that you've seen when you're facing other teams? I know practice is one thing, but when you get on the field with another team, that intensity level picks up a notch, right? Oh, yeah, it definitely picks up. I mean, you're going 100% out here. You're going 110 when, when you're going against those other guys. So um, definitely picks up, and uh, it's good to – good to compete against some uh, some other good competition so how's it been uh, with the rule changes the speed of the game running out there on offense especially trying to get on that line the 25 second play clock yeah it's been uh, definitely an, an adjustment but um i think with, with having the earpieces in the helmet and being able to communicate plays that way uh, especially at the wide out position um, allows us to just kind of stay out stay out there and get to play and get lined up quick and be ready to go so i like it do you think the earpiece is going to be a huge advantage for the for the offense, but in particular, even wide receivers? Um, yeah, I mean, I, not, I guess advantage, especially because the play clock is 
um, less. So us being able to hear the call and uh, being able to go line up right away and uh, and be able to see the coverages and stuff like that is definitely going to help. You don't mind having your coach in your ear the whole entire, entire game? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. I mean, you, you hear a lot more than just the play. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's definitely been good. It's been fun. Uh, it's something new, so it's cool. Awesome. And what about getting you know to know all your teammates? You guys are kind of coming together down here in Houston. You're going to bring it back up to New York. How, how's that coming along? The team building. Yeah, it's been great. Um, we got a lot of great guys on this team, um, a lot of great players, and um, yeah, I'm excited with the situation that I'm in, and um, definitely looking forward to, to this season and playing in New York. All right, Demetrius, how was uh, practice today, man? These uh, regular practices in Houston are kind of winding down. You guys are about to go home pretty soon. You got the full speed scrimmages coming up. How's things so far? Uh, things have been pretty well. Um, you know, we just getting better every day, trying to keep guys healthy. Um, you know, the season's coming up fast, so we're just trying to just polish up as much as we can. And then you guys also are, you know, adjusting to these rules. We just talked to Tanner Gentry, who's on offense. He gets the coaches in his ear the entire time on defense. How is it with the speed of the game and the communication factor? Um, we haven't gotten a, a, a real simulation yet of, of how it's going to be in the game. But uh, so far, it hasn't been hasn't been too challenging uh, adjusting. Uh, you know, you just got to just be aware of, of certain things. You know, it's one one foot down and, and instead of two things like that and all the special teams rules and stuff like that but uh i think i think the biggest part is going to be uh substitution mm -hmm. you know in that in that fast clock but uh, other than that it hasn't been too much of a uh, swing alan mentions the uh practices are starting to wind down how excited are you for kickoff you know we're about three weeks away it's it's, it's coming man it's yeah. gonna get real MetLife stadium yeah um it's always no matter no matter what league you playing in, man. It's just always that that bubbly feeling when you ready. Um, you know, you just you count down the days now, and you know, trying to just make sure that you're just as ready as you can be. And you're also you know learning about all these other teams. You guys have had some joint practices already, yeah. developing that, and you guys got the full speed coming up next mm -hmm. week. Uh, tell us about just the competition level you've experienced so far. The little bit you have. Uh, it's getting chip. It gets chippy. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to prove. You know, everybody got something to prove. Everybody got their own story. So, uh, it's, and it's fun to come out and see guys that you you've seen in other on other NFL teams, other college, you know, from college, things like that. And uh, you know, that's keeping it real, real fun for real. And it's gonna get real because I feel like this league, like you said, everybody has their story. There's yeah. a lot of chips in this yeah. league. A lot of guys wanting to prove stuff. So it's got to be extra special to be out there with that competitive. Absolutely. The competitive juice is flowing. Absolutely. Being out here in Houston, I think part of the league's goal was to get the teams, you know, kind of working together and as one unit. How's that been out here in Houston, getting to know your teammates and everything? Um, it's crazy, actually. Um, our coach, our coach was was talking about something. You know, you should you should know this by now. And then one of my, one of our players was like, "Coach, we only we just met each other like <laughs> you know like a month ago." Like, but um, no, nah, seriously though, uh, it seems like we've known each other for for years. You know, and some guys, you know, you know, we've known beforehand before the league and everything. But um, just just you know, seeing how fo football being football, man, just bringing guys together. Um, you know, it feels like they're my brothers already, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys are like learning. You gotta rely on each other already. You're down here in a strange place. Yeah, maybe absolutely. for a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. Uber, sharing Ubers together yeah. and all that stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. you got to. Well, good luck with the season. Thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate it. All right, AJ, man, you guys wind down practice. How are you feeling today? Man, I feel good. Uh, just excited to, you know, put another day of work in and progress to the goal, you know, of getting, the, getting the, uh, back to New Jersey and seeing Tampa. 
how does it feel to actually be on the football field with other teammates and, and with your other teammates and as well as the other teams you're going to be playing them in more fast-paced simulated games are coming soon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always excited. It's always it's always exciting to have the opportunity to go compete, especially when it's against guys other than ourselves. You know, so that's always it always ramps up the intensity and uh, the sense of urgency. And everybody has something to prove in this league for sure. Yeah, Everybody's for sure. going out there in those simulated games. I'm sure they could get they're going to get a little physical probably next yeah. week. You're looking forward to that. Uh, of course, you know I'm a defensive guy. Uh, you want to mix it up. But you also, you know, want to be smart and understand that, you know, we're, we have a bigger goal and we don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. Yeah, and you guys are also learning a, a lot about not just each other, but the rules of this league are a little mm -hmm. bit different. So, how are you adjusting to that? The uh, fast-paced uh, play clock and maybe some uh, of the special teams aspects. How's that going? I mean, obviously, you want to know you want to know the rules to a T and understand how you can manipulate them for your advantage. You know, but at the end of the day, it's football. Who can who can block, who can tackle, who can catch the ball, who can protect the ball, not turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? Some of those things don't change. So. How do you feel about the rules kind of shading a little bit towards the offensive side? I could care less. Line it up. Line it up. We'll, we'll see when you see the Guardian. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, we saw that defense out there, man. You guys were the, definitely the loudest guys, especially the defensive backs out there yeah. were getting real loud. How's that uh, brotherhood coming together with the DBs? Man, it's, a, it's a great brotherhood. Uh, like Demetrius says, saying like we've known each other for years uh, from day one. So we got a close-knit group, man. You know, obviously we're coming up on a time where, you know, we some guys are going to be here, some guys aren't. So that's going to hurt a little bit, but we got a great group of guys, man. For fans of the Guardians that are going to be in MetLife Stadium, what can you tell them about the defensive side of the football and what they can expect on your side? Um, just expect a, 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 an aggressive, nasty, hard-hitting defense. It's aggressive defense. And I'm sure that Coach uh, Gilbride and Coach Dishman are really instilling that in you guys. Yeah, how's, it, sure. how's it playing for those guys so far, your coaches? Man, they're, they're, they're great guys. They've, they've been in the league, you know what I'm saying? They're where, where some guys want to get to and some guys want to get back to. So, you know, they're, they're, they're helping us and, and trying to, we're all trying to work towards the same goal. There you have it. Part one of this week's Good Crisp interviews. We are going to go to L.A. next. But real quick, Brian, we talked to A.J. Hendy, Demetrius Cox, and Tanner Gentry all about kind of what it's like going against a receiver who has the headset and being a DB. As a safety, one of them might actually have the headset, but others might not. And the advantages, and I love I love what Handy and Cox basically both said was just bring it on. We don't care. Line us up and we'll go out there and play. I think that's a, a theme you're going to see with a lot of the defenses out here, right? They're, they're just, just get me on the field. Well, headset or not, I don't care what's going on. I, I, you still got to tackle. You still got to run to the ball. Uh, see how he said tackle before run? That, that's the importance on tackling on the defensive side. Uh, the mentality out there, the Guardians, uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but it's very different than what we saw at the Wildcats. But still, everyone's here to play football, uh, and these rules are not really deterring them from what they know, and that is football. Yeah, we're going to recap the uh, practice ob observations we made uh, of these guys actually in action. But let's take you back to some more of their own words, and we'll go to the L.A. Wildcats now. A different atmosphere from the <laughs> Guardians for sure but very competitive, and we got to speak with a defensive player and two offensive players, two offensive linemen for the L.A. Wildcats. So you're going to hear from linebacker Trey Williams, who played at Auburn. You're going to hear from offensive guard slash center Damian Mama, who played at USC, and Patrick Vahe, the guard who played at Texas. And talking with two big offensive linemen, you know we had to ask them about that fast play clock. They are affected by it, especially when it comes to conditioning. The offensive advantages that they feel that how those might affect the offensive line, 
And, of course, we talked to all these guys about playing for Coach Winston Moss. And also, the LA Wildcats haven't really been home at all yet because they practice minicamp at Vegas. They're here in Houston. And they'll be going to LA soon, but they haven't really been there yet at all. So, Trey Williams, the linebacker, Damian Mama, offensive lineman, and Patrick Vahe, offensive lineman of the LA Wildcats here on part two of our Good Crisp interviews. All right, Trey, you guys have been in Houston a while. Are you sick of it yet? You ready for the season to start? Yes, man. <laughs> I swear I wish we was playing tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, we you know, we had to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's great to finally see the team come together as one. Yeah, man, you guys are really building a, a real team atmosphere. This is a different kind of practice from what we've seen so far down yeah. in Houston. How is, how's the family life with all your teammates coming along? Oh, uh, man, we started since day one. You know, we had to uh, build a brotherhood. We knew we was going to be together for a while, so we might as well get to know each other now. And uh, you know, coming out here, man, a lot of a lot of guys haven't played in a while, so just seeing different backgrounds and things like that come together is great. You guys have had a lot of time together, right? You were in Vegas, you didn't get to really be in LA, now you're in Houston. So it's actually pretty interesting to, to see this team come together. What about the coaches, you know, Pepper and and Coach Moss? Are they kind of leading the leading the way? How's it been playing for them? Yeah, they have to. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, a lot of people came from different backgrounds, different schemes and uh, different conferences and things like that. So they had to uh, figure out a plan to kind of build something that everybody was familiar with, and that's football. So as long as you come in and teach basic football, it was easy for us to come together and just have fun with it. Yeah, they're all bonding over the game because you guys have been like nomads. You've been in Vegas. You've been here. You haven't even been home in L.A. yet. Hey, trust me, when they announced we was in Vegas, man, that was just a great start yeah. by itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about the rules? You know, we've, a lot of the rules have been seen to be kind of for the offensive side, right? How does the defense react to the speed and, and all the, the advantages that it seems like the offense is getting with the new rules? Man, it's just – um, boils down to being competitors, you know what I'm saying? Like, they might have the upper hand, but that's great on us because we like to be the underdog as a defense, you know what I'm saying? Everybody loves to watch it but hate to go against it. So that's just the type of mentality we're trying to play with. You know, they can come out and draw up anything in the dirt. Pebble Johnson going to put us in a position to stop it. Yeah, even I mean, it's going to be quick for the offense. They're going to be running out there, but you guys are – you guys are looking quick. You're looking like you got the cardio ready. It's going to be a faster game. You ready for that? Oh, yeah, we ready. That's You know, they put the mics in the helmet today, and that went well. So For the defense? For the defense? Yeah, for the yes, defense. Yeah. We finally got the hip up and uh, headset. So <laughs> that was good. You know, that'll help us get lined up quicker. So yeah. that'll kind of, you know, give us a little advantage to them going fast. Yeah, the substitutions are going to be interesting, too, on defense, too. There's going to be a quick reaction there. Yeah, we'll have the sprint on the sprint off for sure. But uh, hopefully the refs give us a little time to do so. Well, uh, you guys are kicking it off in Houston, but then week two is going to be in L.A. Tell us what the fans can expect from the defensive side of the football. Man, tenacity, just just insane play. You know, a lot of guys having fun, you know, love to play ball. You know what I'm saying? Just coming out here to dominate, but to also just enjoy it, you know, enjoy the process. You know, we all love football. That's what we're here for. So that's what we're going to come here to do. It's, it's been intense here, man, but a lot of smiles at Wildcats practice. I've noticed you guys are having a lot of fun, and we look forward to watching you play for sure. Yeah, Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, Damien, man, we've had a few practices down here in Houston now. How are you guys yeah. adjusting to it all? How's the family coming together? Our family's coming together real well. I feel like uh, there's a lot of big pieces uh, ready to contribute. Uh, on offense and on defense, especially special teams, you know, uh, everybody's trying to 
uh, make this team. So special teams is a big way to contribute and, and make this roster. And I feel like a lot of these these guys are playing at a high level to make this team. So it's uh, everybody's making each other better. Everybody's competing and everybody's having a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. we can tell, man. It looks yeah. like an awesome atmosphere out here. Sure, How, how's sure. this compared to other teams you've been on, man? It's a real, it's uh, loose, but it's very competitive out yeah, here. Yeah, very much, very much. So we're all in the same situation, you know. We're all kind of. Uh, kind of knocked on our heels as you would say so uh, we're all just trying to take full advantage of this opportunity and, and uh, flourish in this and uh, try to make a living out of ball yeah, man, that's <laughs> what real, it's all about definitely, yeah, definitely. Coach, coach Moss is quite the personality how's it how it is how's it playing for him and for coach Chow man you got two different kind of coaches yeah, but for sure but really fun I'm sure uh, you could tell he was a linebacker in the NFL for sure so uh, he always brings energy every day and he's making sure we bring the juice and uh, that's something that we need, and, and it's, it's continual. It's not just a once-a-day, twice-a-day thing. It's 24-7. That's how we live. Uh, he kind of wants to get us in that wildcat mentality. That's, that's his uh, kind of mantra of, of how we work. You uh, having so, nightmares yeah. about that megaphone right now? <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's like I can hear his voice even more now. So it's like... Yes, coach. Keep uh, coaching everybody up. But yeah, he loves that megaphone. We got to take that. How take about that the uh, joint practices you guys have had? And you know, oh, we've had a little bit of taste of the competition yeah. so far. How's that? Yeah, so I've never actually done joint practices before, and never in my uh, football career. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was always the type of person that never want to see my opponent until the game. So it's like it's a little different. Yeah. It's like I can't take the same mentality of well, no, nah, no, nah, you can kind of keep the same mentality of. Uh, Competing and, and and wanting to do, dominate your opponent, so yeah. it was it was a lot of fun and uh, it was great to get a different look. We've been going against the same guys. We had mini camp in Vegas, and we've been out here for a week and a half now. So we've been going against the same guys for the past month, and, and it's always good to get a good look. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've been waiting to talk to an offensive lineman, man, right. because yeah, yeah. you guys are gonna have to have good cardio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, play yeah, clock. Yeah, How's yeah, that yeah. going for you? Ah, oh, man, it, it's going great. You know, Coach Mark is, is keeping us in shape. We got a lift right now we got to get to. So um, he's just making sure that we're ready and, and well-conditioned. We've had a couple – we had a scrimmage the other day, which definitely helped uh, kind of for us visualize what we're going to do, mm-hmm. the tempo we need to be at, and, and conditioning point that we should be at. So That's it's, the physical. It's, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, it's man, we're well, keep you from the lift. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate that, it, man. man. Thank you. Thanks. See you. All right, we've been out here a couple weeks now. Uh, tell me how uh, training camp's going. Training camp's going good, really. Uh, every day we're making progress, taking a step forward. Um, we're kind of like pushing ourselves, trying to come out here, make sure we have the right mentality, go play by play. And uh, whenever we go against other teams, it makes us even better knowing that uh, we're able to like go against a value, valuable opponent. So I think training camp is going really well. With mini camps and training camps now, you know, you've had some time to kind of Starter brotherhood here. How's that been going with your teammates here now that you've had some familiarity with them? Uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, we got a whole bunch of characters on this team, all in a good way. Um, everybody's funny in their own ways, you know. Just being able to talk to everybody on the team, you know, they they have their own type of style. So it's really cool to see like like the type of personalities that you see on this team. So I think with all of that, we kind of linked up, like kind of clicked together right away. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, Coach Moss. We talk a lot about him on the show. He's got a, he's got he's got personality. Mm-hmm. How's it been? Uh, you know, working with him. Oh, that's awesome. That's funny. He's a really funny coach. You know, whenever we step on the field, you know, we always uh, crack a little jokes here and there. But, like, whenever whenever it gets down to business, you know, uh, you always got to listen to him. And so being able to, like, uh, be coached by Coach Moss, you know, is, is a really good experience. 
the rules seem to speed up the game a lot. Mm-hmm. People worry a little bit about the offensive linemen. Tell me, how how, does he, how do you feel? Is the conditioning a big part of it? The speed, 25 seconds, goes by pretty quick. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very critical to be a con- condition, uh, very critical. But at the same time, you know, communication is all the basic fundamentals, you know. That's something that we try to harp on every single day that we are here, just making sure that we get down to techniques, get down to tempo, and then making sure that we get down to com- communication as well. You guys are going to start your season in Houston, but uh, week two is in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell fans about what to expect from the L.A. Wildcats? I think I'm just expecting a show, really. You know, um, can't wait to show everybody, like, what all the hard work that we put in uh, this mini camp, you know, this uh, training camp. So I'm really excited to be able to play in L.A., uh, being able to see all, all my guys, like, go out there and uh, show everybody what they got. So I'm really excited. So they all have to deal with that megaphone from Coach Moss. And now, Vince, Jake, they actually gave us uh, insight. There's a, a a name for Coach Moss's megaphone. He's named it. Are you allowed to say it on the show? I think so. <laughs> and you know what? If he, if he gets mad about it, I guess Brian's going to get punched. No, I in think the gut. Jake <laughs> meant for, like, was there, like, any, you know. Uh, oh, like, uh, not, like is it allowed to say it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's more. That's no, no, no. It's called, here it is, drum roll, please. Mega Moss. The, me- the Mega Moss. And it's uh, soon to have its own Twitter account, I heard. I heard. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, so Coach Moss is on this megaphone barking at all of his players. And it was a seriously fun atmosphere to watch. Like, these guys were all, like, really all smiling, having a great time practicing and competing. Um, and they have the same mentality, basically, as their coach is just they're going to go out there and just execute a game plan. They're not worrying about advantages disadvantages a faster paced game or anything whatsoever they totally blocked out all that noise in the la camp they really have it's been a different atmosphere like we said with la they're they're having fun but they're also getting down to business when they need to coach moss has instilled this mentality that we're here to play football i don't care about the rules i don't care about what's going on with with stoops or with anyone i want to play football and i think moss has instilled that into his players and we're really going to see that uh on the gridiron you know this season well, Can I don't you really think he say really I don't care, care what's about going on with Bob Stoops. No, I really don't think he cares. Like I'm, I'm I, I don't think he cares about the outside noise. Is what I'm trying to say. Like he, he really doesn't care what's happening with any of the coaches, with any of the rules. Like he knows that it's, at the end of the day, it's football, well, and that's what we're going to play is football. Jake, did you not yes, listen to but, what he said to his reaction last week? We don't care. We're the Wildcats are going to play the Wildcat way. He did in the, in the coach in the coach's uh, little montage on the rules. That's yeah, something that week. the Renegade should be saying. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a, a different it's a different culture from team to team. We have noticed we've really gotten close to about three of them, um, and they all told, you could tell different personalities running these organizations uh, and. It's, it's cool to see. Um, L.A., very different from them all, for sure. Uh, well, let's get into what uh, it's going on with the L.A. practice and with the New York practice in detail, what exactly we saw on the field. Maybe Brian and I could give you a glimpse at what you might see come kickoff on February 8th from these teams uh, because we've seen them in action a little bit now and, and have gauged as fans and as observers of the game, what, you know, maybe who stands out, what to watch. So let's dive into it. In the first part of this week's cover two. In football, pain is a privilege. We're training, preparing for a 12-round heavyweight Donnie Brook, no freaking gloves, 
for something that has value beyond cost. All right, first we'll take you uh, to New York's practice that we went to. That was on Friday, and after that we went to L.A.'s afternoon practice. And we said it earlier, L.A. was more of a, I'd say, friendly and joking atmosphere. You know, there was a lot of jokes being made and screaming and a lot of hype, and and people are, are allowed to speak their minds there. And at New York, you could. You saw a little bit of that, but it was a lot of business with the Guardians uh, I think it was more intense at the Guardians practice uh, on the field in terms of the tension, uh, the the, comp- the competition. Maybe players who were uh, you know it's we're getting close to cutting time. We got to be honest. Guys are out there trying to win jobs, stay on the team, and uh, you know L.A. was business between the whistles, but they were having a lot of fun. It was a little bit more loose, but we saw some plays made at both of these at both of these camps. A sick, sick helmet catch, David Tyree esque. At, at the L.A. practice. I don't know if it was Katie Cannon or Nelson Spruce who made the catch. Nelson Spruce also made a great catch, which was on Twitter. And and then New York, we saw some great defensive back play and one crazy, crazy cuckoo banana berries catch <laughs> by Justice Liggins. Brian, that was nuts. It was. It was right in front of us. And, and to see that and be that close was also on Twitter. Yes, page. it is on Twitter. Uh, was pretty amazing. You're right, Alan. The atmospheres, like we've been alluding to, were completely different. There was a lot of, I would say business at both, but the way they went about their business was very different because the Wildcats were having fun. Coach Moss was on his Mega Moss, and he was out there uh, directing traffic where, you know, Gilbride was directing his own traffic. He was trying to get quarterbacks to throw the ball in a specific spot. We saw that. It was a drill that they were running at the very beginning. So, uh, two different at- atmospheres for sure, but but still both you know, trying to get the job done. Yeah, New York felt it wasn't you know that intense, but it did have more of a military type vibe in terms of how strict <laughs> it was and, and what was being asked of guys. Not that strict, but it was definitely like a military. It, it did. I mean, it's throw the ball you. in this exact spot now, or if not, do it again. I mean, they they were really he was trying being, to bounce a quarter off the yard. We saw a guy running laps. <laughs> I mean, there was a guy being there was you know, punishments. It was it was legit. Um, and then also other n- notes here, uh, Vince. I have to tell you, the LA offensive line looked freaking massive without pads and no, no pad, no shoulder pads <laughs> on. No, I'm telling you, Vahe, Mama, Storm Norton, Whoa. these are large human beings on the LA offensive line, and I definitely think this is a team that's going to be able to have some kind of power running game just by looking at the guys up front. Uh, that's that bodes well for LA. I, I certainly think uh, just being able to wear down teams and then still pushing the pace with the play clock. I, I think that could just be absolutely huge. Yeah, I think they, you know, they have the personnel for a power run game, but how you implement that in a in a league where this clock's going to be faster and asking you to throw a little bit more, we'll see how that works out. Well, but I definitely well, think they they're can also going to. Well, they can, especially a, a team that's going to feature the fullback, you know, yeah, like, yep. like uh, the Wildcats are. Yeah, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, in New York, I'll say the, the best thing I, I took from the New York camp, from the practice we saw, were their defensive backs. Chris Dishman is the position coach, and we watched a lot of them working out, and they were definitely the loudest, most brash, and confident bunch of any position group for the Guardians, and rightfully so they were making all the plays i mean they were so fast up uh, they were feigning blitzes at matt mcgloin pulling back and picking them off 
Well, that's all why, the quarterbacks. That's why I was telling you that the, the quarterback battle in New York is still up for grabs because the defensive backs are making this challenging for those quarterbacks up there. A very talented group. Uh, they, they got some hops. Well, I, yeah. I'll say this. You know, I, I, I don't have a, an extremely high opinion of Matt McGloin, so I, I think that that, uh, that quarterback battle is pretty live there. But, you know, I, I really like what you're saying about these Guardians DBs. And I think this is, you know, the more I think about it with these rules uh, as I review them each and every day, th- this is the, the most critical position on the field, I think, because, you know, the other team having the, the headsets in, in the helmets for the receivers, you know, you could, the ability to go so fast and be able to, to you know, get coverages uh, displayed to the defense in and out that quickly is going to be extremely difficult with with, uh, with able to spot be able to spot the ball so quickly and you know it's not like the receivers need to get plays coming in from the sideline of the quarterback they'll just have them read right to them right in their ear uh, so you you could be have a situation where these DBs are out on the field a long time having to chase these receivers around and you know it may just be, you don't have time to get a coverage in it might be just you know you got to just be like stick just play man coverage yeah. and stick mm-hmm. all this over this guy. Uh, I, I think it's going to be extremely challenging for the defensive backs, the cornerbacks, uh, and the fact that you're telling me that the Guardians have have uh, some of the best looking ones right now. I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah, Jamar Summers, Demetrius Cox, these guys were making plays all over the field among other guys for the Guardians. I mean, they really were making it difficult. I I I don't want to say that. The, the quarterbacks were struggling. I just think that there was plays being made on well, them yeah. at, at Guardians camp. They they were fairly inaccurate at times, but a lot of them, these passes looked like they were almost on the money, and then out of nowhere you see a guy come knock a pass down or, or pick it off. Well, not only that, forcing the quarterbacks to look at their second or third options too while they're on the field—that's that's huge for a quarterback. If you have enough time, if you can uh, keep your give your defensive line enough time to, to get to the quarterback, that's going to be huge for, in this league. Yeah, it was a fun practice to watch because it was definitely competitive when they got into you know the seven on seven stuff and and the Guardians. I think have a defensive back group that is going to be special and that could be a huge advantage in this league. Um, the both both practices I were different atmospheres, like we said, but both a, a ton of fun and really awesome. The fact that the, they gave us a ton of access, we showed up at these places and we were right on the field. Uh, interviews afterwards, like you just heard. Uh, so thanks to everyone at the Guardians and the Wildcats that hooked us up with those interviews and let us observe practice. Uh, fan fans first, baby. That's what it's all about. <laughs> access, unprecedented access. That's what we had and. Um, well, you know, no big deal, but we showed up to both practices, and uh, we got recognized, Brian, at both. <laughs> Alan, we're on a podcast. Nobody can see the swag you have here. No <laughs> he's looking around like he's being noticed now. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, but he yes, his chest out or something? <laughs> pretty much. Is what, what, about what about it? What about it? Yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, we had a uh, we had a player from the Guardians come up to us and introduce himself, saying, "I listen to you guys all the time." We had some fans outside of the Wildcats practice asking for interviews as well, so it was pretty cool. I'll, I'll, I won't lie about that. Yeah, that really did happen, Jake. Can you believe it? Uh, I I wasn't there, so I'll so I'll take your word for it. You, you have to. It did. I, I I sound a little skeptical. I I understand that. You shouldn't. Why don't you believe us, Vince? You believe us, right? We got recognized, yeah. man. Respect me. <laughs> Shout out to Scott Daly, the long snapper for the Guardians. He's the one that came up to us at that practice and said. 
hey, you guys do a great show. We appreciate it. Not only are the fans listening, Bryant, the players are listening. And Did, any players did you say that was the long snapper? Yes, Scott Daly. Well, of course, after asking Dean, Dean Blandano about the, <laughs> the rolling tackles, you're looking out for him. His new name is Gene Blandano. Uh, it's Gene Bland. It's not. It's Gene Blandano. What did I say? Dean, Dean well, Blandino. Whatever you said, I, one of the Wildcats was yelling. I said Dean. Dean definitely. No, I know you said you know, Dean. But here's another. Here's a glimpse into, into what happened at the joint the joint practice after the, after it with the Wildcats and the Roughnecks. A Wildcat player jokingly ran up to Dean Blandino and was yelling at him, saying, Gene, you missed the holding call, Gene. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, is that his name, Gene? I was like, Dean, with the D. He's like, Dean, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Blandino, yeah. He's, oh man, that is that is a fun guy to talk to. I, if we run into him again, Brian, after the show, don't hold me back this time. I have questions to ask. <laughs> what questions could you have? You, you went into log snappers. What more questions can you have? So many more. So <laughs> many more on the rules. Um, all right, let's take it now from uh, the practice observations we made to some of the news that came out. Um, this is real brief, but DraftKings, big purveyor of fantasy fun, uh, they announced that they're going to have XFL games, Vince, uh, which um, you know we don't really have the details on and how that's all going to work, but them putting that out there is pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, and expected. Uh, I'm excited for it for sure. Uh, you know, the handle on on football uh on DraftKings is you know so much higher than everything else uh, i would presume uh it's the sport that you know in terms of fan- playing fantasy games that uh you know people are most familiar with and you know what better way to just keep that rolling uh than the week after the super bowl with some good xfl action saturday and sunday yeah and that and then you saw that uh announcement made and then on xfl.com a really cool article uh, that came out about you know players to watch for the 2020 season for each team and reading through that got me really hyped for potential fantasy games but just knowing players and also kind of cross-referencing players we've talked about in the past on the show we've hit a lot on them uh, but some of them stood out as guys we haven't really paid attention to too much at least on the podcast Vince and uh, the one that stood out obviously the most was Winston Dimmel the fullback from Kansas State that was highlighted for the LA Wildcats as a player to really watch for everything he's going to be able to do. Yeah, you know, they they said it right there. It could be used as a fullback, as an H-back, as a tight end. Sounds like this guy could really do it all. Wouldn't surprise me to even see him play some defense. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from this article, hyping him up. um, To be honest with you, when we went to Wildcats uh, practice is, because we saw them against the Roughnecks as well, I mean, the, the player that stood out to me, at least the most, was, was guys like Storm Norton, just seeing him dominate in offensive line drills. I mean, and, and the majority of the offensive linemen for the Wildcats all looked really impressive to me uh, if we're watching out for players. But, yeah, we're going to be watching a fullback power run game. There you go for the L.A. Wildcats. <laughs> really cool It article. makes sense, though, why the fullback's the best player to, or player to watch for yes. in, the, in the Wildcats based on that offensive line. And then uh, also in this article, Jenna Harris, the cornerback, from USC for the Roughnecks uh, was highlighted, and then you saw him. I mean, you make some plays a- against Luis Perez at the joint practice earlier today, and uh, it was uh, it was apparent. You know, the, the Roughnecks have some DBs who could play. Jenny Harris definitely one of them. Um, and yeah, this article is really cool. Highly recommend people to read it. 
If you haven't heard any of our stuff on players to watch, we've done in the past and we'll continue to do. This is kind of a good catch-all and a really solid stuff on XFL.com uh, that I had a, a ton of fun reading. Um, and yeah, and hopefully that'll imp- be implemented into a fantasy strategy somehow. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll I don't wait. know if you're gonna draft a fullback, Alan, but we'll see. You might have to. You <laughs> don't know if he's contributing. You know. Um, okay, let's uh, real quick bonus stuff here covered too before we get to the hot read. Um, we had dinner with the Wildcats on Friday night, unexpected. Jake, if you're ready, we can tell you the story of our dinner with well, the Well, I, I want to know how this was unexpected. Do you mean the, the oh, it was very unexpected. where you guys were? No, 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 no. So. <laughs> A coach just showed up in our car. Is really what happened. <laughs> so we're, we're about to leave, <laughs> Jake and Vince, and, and, and uh, one of the traders there, uh, or staff members comes up. And he's like, "Are you guys going back to the hotel?" And we said, "Well, we're, we're staying at a different hotel, but sure." And, then, and he's like, "You guys want to give Pepper Johnson a ride back to the hotel?" And we're like, <laughs> um, "Okay." And they're like, "He's like, yeah, yeah." And you guys can have dinner with us and everything after. I was like, "Okay." So we drove what, like 15, 20 minutes with Pepper Johnson in the front seat. Well, he would have had to wait for the late bus. He wanted to go back and be with all the defensive players it was a room or something so we said sure and we took it back we had a great conversation gave us the most amazing tip now i'm super hyped because tomorrow we are going to enact on this plan i don't know about this about some sort of stuffed turkey Turkey leg leg that we need to go check out so town i've never had a stuffed turkey leg he was raving about it so we're gonna go check that out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then we ended up eating with the players. We, we we hung out with Coach Moss in the lobby of their hotel for a little bit. We we talked there. He asked me to 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 give him some information about us, about the show, and things he, like that. So he he literally threatened to beat information at us. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and then we had dinner with the with the team, and and Alan was very upset because I guess they don't have cookies. But Alan, you got to remember this is a football camp. You, know, yeah, you got to stay right. fit. So we're eating healthy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, could you tell me what the food was? Oh, the spread was amazing. They had a pesto, uh, linguine, catfish. catfish, Cajun catfish. They had Italian sausage, some great steamed veggies. Good what? salad. Yep. Great Italian sausage. Yeah, really that's good not for, uh, I would have thought that this would have been just like no casing, know, chicken, grilled, no casing weighed out, on, weighed the out on a weighed out on a scale. Um, probably lots an, of white fish. This is an probably. MMA, Vince. These are football players. They <laughs> can eat what they want. Yeah, as long white as they go fish. out and work hard. They had a great salad bar too. That salad bar was amazing. Yeah, um, Brian had to. Brian, in order to be able to have dinner, had to give Coach Moss. Five XFL facts he didn't know, and he barely <laughs> got in by the skin of his teeth. I had to give him but seven because no. he took a point away from me. Yeah, he gave him some duds. <laughs> yeah, so we had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that Wildcats uh, dinner, that atmosphere, that family they're building, I think it's special. We'll see if it translates on the field. We have no clue, really. Honestly, it's tough to say. But in terms of the people involved and everything, welcoming us, I mean – is there such thing as too much access? I don't know, but I feel like we have it all yeah. with that team, especially. Our passes delivery. say all access, Alan. Where's our pass? It says all access on there. So that, that was a lot of fun. And then afterwards, uh, the night was not over. We went back to the hotel room and played Ken Griffey Jr. baseball for 21 innings, and Bryant beat me one to nothing. <laughs> one to nothing in 21 innings is great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun out here. In all honesty, though, it's... They it, have trouble. <laughs> the access out here, you're running into people everywhere. We did run into Dean Blending in the lobby. We we ran into Tim Lewis uh, at Starbucks. The homie Tim Lewis, Vince. Yeah, we saw at Starbucks <laughs> really? at the Battle Hawks. Yes. That's, 
That hard hitter from McKeesport City. Yeah, uh, Tim Lewis and the Battlehawks, who are get, getting. I'm gonna I'm gonna say kind of a reputation as as one of the more physical teams, at least in camp with the joint practices going on. Uh, there, that's not a team that's not afraid to to knock if you book, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that that's something we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, which, and I'm very excited in in three weeks to really be talking about it. Who's going to be known as the bad boys of the XFL? I mean, well, I think it's the Renegades are definitely branded that way. Yeah, but, but they <laughs> but weren't. It, it sounds like the Wildcats want to want that moniker. The Wildcats, I have the look in terms of the jerseys. Whenever, whenever they roll out in the all blacks for the Wildcats, they're going to look intimidating. But the Renegades, you're right; they're branding themselves as that. But then, I mean, what we've heard from the at least I see on the defensive side of the ball on paper for the Battlehawks, and what we've heard from their joint practices on just how they they were unrelenting in the physicality and they were there to compete. Uh, you know they are they are maybe going to be that team. We're, we'll find out. My money's on them though, because just seeing on paper who they have on defense, the Battlehawks. That it's a team. That's a stingy bunch. Well, depending on who you ask, right you by saw, Terrence Garvin. Depending on who you who you ask, uh, a lot of people are saying the four best teams are in the West. Uh, people are saying make sure you check oh, out. I love the, that. Uh, we're we're here in Houston. Next. Every different person you talk to. Brian is like tell, saying something different. All the best teams are in the West. Oh, there's nobody's going to beat Tampa Bay. Oh, they've got such a great game plan. Oh, the Battlehawks are going to beat everybody. Like, we're hearing all sorts of different stuff from everybody. I don't know exactly what to believe. What I've seen, though, is that uh, there, are, there are some dudes up front in the front sevens for the L.A. Wildcats. The Houston Roughnecks have an amazing spread offense, and I think good DBs that could probably get the the job done. And then we saw with the Guardians, they have defensive backs that are going to be tough to score on. Yeah, Alan, you're talking about the Guardians there. Would you say from your observations that they have the most team speed uh, out of any of the teams you've seen? No, I would not say that overall team. I would say defensive backs, yes. Their receivers – I'd say they have a couple guys that are pretty fast, but then they've got they had a they, lean uh, offensive line that could, they've they got could get a, some speed quick, there. I'm talking about offensive line speed. You know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm focusing on linebackers. Yeah. I'm focusing on there, uh, you know safeties the, that can run. What we saw at the Guardians was that their offensive line was like a speed, more you know, built for speed kind of O line. But then their running running backs are more power guys, yeah. right? They're bowling balls. Yeah, Tim cook out there, mm-hmm. and and we'll uh, we'll see how they protect too. I mean, that was not it was not fun. It looked like for Matt McGloin whenever they did bring the house against him with those safeties, because <laughs> there were a couple times there were jailbreak blitzes on McGloin, and and if it was a real game, he it looked like he would have got tattooed. Well, that's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting that you brought that up, Alan. Uh, would you say that these, you know, are, are these, uh, you know, joint practices, scrimmages, if you will, are these uh, are the, are the teams showing a lot? Is it relatively vanilla? I mean, what would today, you say? what we saw at the joint practice today um, is is really it was. Uh, I would say it was pretty easy. It, w- it wasn't. It wasn't too intense. It was physical but fun. And actually, let's break it all down here in this week's Hot Read. So, yes, the joint practice. We've been to one. We're going to see some more come Monday, Bryant. But we saw L.A. versus Houston, and it was really a practice. I wouldn't have called that a scrimmage 
or anything like that. This was a practice where position groups were split up. You had some seven-on-seven. Seven. You had the linemen going against each other in drills. Very little kickoff. Very A little teensy special bit, teams, bit yeah. of kickoff in special teams. Uh, you had even some notable quarterbacks kind of taking the day off. Connor Cook, Josh Johnson, Philip Walker. Guys weren't really out there slinging it too hard. Um, there's... No, not to say there's an injury or anything, but the reporting on injuries right now is not applicable. That's not necessary or being enforced until the season starts. So, um, but those guys were seen on the sidelines and they were, you know, part of practice. They just weren't partaking in the drills, seven on seven in particular. But the lineman Vince, it wasn't. It was straight up. If you want to call it vanilla, sure. It was just line up. And they were having a lot of one-on-one drills with with offensive and defensive linemen going against each other, getting a little flavor, a little taste, a little a, a little snippet of what it's going to be like February eighth when it comes to you know the contact. Well, that, that's what I would expect. I mean, you you mentioned some you know jailbreak blitzes and, and you know things of that sort. So I, I didn't no. know if somebody was showing something. No, that uh, was at Guardians practice. We saw they were just sending the house at McGloin just to just. You know, basically drills to see him get rid of the ball quick with people in his face. And uh, but when it comes to L.A. and Houston, there there was nothing like that. There were oh. you didn't get any kind of seven on seven was pretty basic as well in terms of the routes and the speed and anything tricky. You didn't see anything unique really from either team. They just lined up, ran ran some routes, did one on ones, and uh, you know they they just kind of dipped their toes into those competitive right. waters. From the joint practice we saw earlier in the week, we we heard that you know a couple of them were pretty physical, and there you know there was some hitting at those at those practices. The one we were at, not really particularly uh, violent, but physical. The offensive and defensive linemen were tossing each other on the ground a little bit, which yeah. was fun to see. As uh, during an Oklahoma drill. No. No no no, 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 no. They were just lining up with each other. They were lining up five on four, and then they would, you know, one of the one and side of the line would go one at a time. Like yeah. yeah, it was. Fu- they'd line up a full line, but only one guy at a time would go, and one guy at a time would block that guy. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> who, who, what what line looks like they're gelling the the best right now? Who who's got the best technique together? Who's pushing the sleds the best right now? Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell when you're where you're not in full game simulations. I think that's the hardest thing to, t- to see is the offensive line until you're actually in a real game situation. We'll be able to tell more uh, on Monday, uh, and, but for right now, I mean, like we said, the the, the offensive line of the Wildcats looks strong, big, uh, and they're, and they're gelling. They were all sitting together at dinner. They were all enjoying each other's company. Yeah, they were a true unit. Like they were together for every moment. We were with that mm-hmm. team. The offensive line were all together at the same time. Um, now, let, let me get cool to see. So, so you guys were at practice on Friday, and then you were at the joint practice on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, were, were the Is that wrong? Nope, that's what we did. That's what we did. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, were the, the guys who were, I'll say, with the ones on uh, on Friday, were those the guys working as the ones on Saturday? Yeah, Brian was trying to take notes and get a glimpse into that. I said, you know, you're wasting paper because – Well, I don't take paper. Let's I, just, I, I don't it's on my computer. <laughs> I don't think I don't these think coaches that's a waste are going to – They were giving up any any kind of info into who – what a depth chart was going to look like when it came to the joint practice. The, to me, this joint practice was like the fourth game of the preseason in the NFL. It, it was walkthroughs, very little work, maybe even the third game. I'll give you maybe the third game too because you have a few – Well, the third game is the dress rehearsal. It that's was true. Not so it was a fourth game. game. Yeah, the fourth game. Because the, 
I, I wouldn't call anything. I would never. I would not put money on anything that I saw on that joint practice happening for either. Not even for Monday. Forget no. about February eighth. I'm talking about for Monday. Also, Vince, honestly, in, in the joint practice, you saw third string quarterbacks mostly in the seven on sevens, and uh, the we saw Luis Perez. We, we saw we, Luis we, Perez. There's a few. We see Luis Perez. Yeah. Uh, but you also saw the the linemen were – it was just a true rotation. It was just everybody going against everybody. So you didn't really get a glimpse at that. Um, but at the practices we saw, I felt like the units were pretty much being kept together. And that and that was cool to see. Although, I think it's just because they have guys to rotate. They were throwing everybody in with everybody on defense for the Guardians. Like Their defensive backs were – it was a true rotation, and they all were making plays again. They all look good. You're right, and you got to remember with Cut Day less than a week away, you're going to want to look at those, you know, fringe guys, fringe guys, and make sure that th- that you know who to keep and who not to, and who to get rid of. So I can see why the, the 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 coaches are wanting to have those players play a little bit more right now, and maybe even on Monday. Who knows? And besides a beautiful moment where a Houston Roughnecks player Vince proposed, so cool. Uh, the the big star of of the joint practice was were the were the referees, league officials there in league official uniforms, and uh, the hats are uh, Brian. I would say are pretty fire. They are like I want one. Some of the coolest. How can I find that? It has it's like a pinstripe. I've never hat. wanted to dress like a referee in my life, but those hats yeah. I would wear. They're pretty cool, pinstripe hats, and also these officials. There was a guy joking in the press box where we were like they were all in amazing shape. I yeah. mean, they, I think they intentionally got some, they got some of the best. I mean, they're. I mean, I'm not ageist or anything, but you see like old guys running around calling the football game. They were all in way better shape than than, than me. Any, you can say just say me. No, <laughs> definitely not. That's for sure. Then I'm saying that most referees. Like I've if seen. they put pads on, they could they could. Um, if they put pads on, they could actually uh, just join practice. Nobody would even bat an eye. Yeah, what do you think of that, Vince? With referees who've got who've got like forty nine inch barrel chests and and great cardio, well, I, calves I, the size of ham legs. Come on. Well, uh, that, to be honest, I mean, you got to be with the pace of this league. Um, you got to be in, in tremendous physical condition to you know be able to spot the ball quickly and move up and down the field. Now the referees are look like they can whoop the players. I don't know what that quite says. About oh, no, they league. definitely they didn't even look because there were some behemoths that they were having to call. But yeah, they, I would say they all look kind of look like a big John McCarthy if you're a big MMA fan. These okay, all, all right, big. I know what you're saying. And and um, and, and, the, and men and women referees just all in tremendous condition. What? And, uh, Not, and styling and profiling in those new ref, referee uniforms. I, I can't wait to see him. Uh, but I do have some questions about the officials. Were, were, like how, you know, sloppy were these practices? Were, were there a lot of penalties being called? Was it re- relatively crisp? Uh, crisp. You know, were Very they, crisp. Were, were the, were the referees letting them play? Yeah. yeah did, what, tell, didn't even notice them, it really, besides the fact that they were so, you know, put together. Yeah, they were uh, all put there together. There weren't a lot of flags thrown. <laughs> They were, you know, if a guy held, if a guy held in the drills with the linemen that a flag was called, they were being very astute during the kickoff. But I think everybody pulled it off, save for maybe one flag that was thrown during so kickoff. No, so no, no bad calls is what you're telling me. No, I mean, well, that's Vince. I, I, look, just how I let Allen down last week on a certain topic, I'm gonna have to let you down a little bit. It was like this was literally just kind of like 
a scrimmage with referees on the sidelines. Like there yeah. wasn't a game, there wasn't a clock, yeah. there wasn't anything like that. It was just a walkthrough. Well, I, I understand say, that. Anyway. But okay, but now come back on Tuesday when we talk about what we're going to see on Monday, and I'll d- I guarantee you all those questions will be answered at, yeah, th- full, at those scrimmages. Full scrimmages coming this Monday and Tuesday, and on Monday we will be observing two of them and we'll be able to report on those scrimmages on our next episode so that's going to come that's monday seattle and dc will be getting down in a full scrimmage dallas and st louis will be getting down in a full scrimmage we're going to watch those now those are still going to be you know basically practices but there's going to be real life scrimmages in the, in the fact that they're going to be timed like games they're going to be officiated like games and even fox and espn are going to be there doing their own run-throughs as if they are they are real-life games, but they are still going to be scrimmages, Vince. So, you know, you're not going to be yeah. having quarterbacks getting mauled. You're not going to be having receivers getting hit over the middle or anything. What? This is going to be a practice atmosphere, but timed and officiated like a real-life game. And it's interesting because, and Brian, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but these are uh, essentially previews of week, one, week one's matchups. Uh those are the games, so, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So Not in this order, but yeah, these are the games. Sure. Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what these teams show against each other, uh, you know, who actually plays, if guys are sitting out. Uh, I think this is going to be fascinating. One of the, the, the most fascinating exhibition games maybe of all time. Yeah, again, I won't call this an exhibition game. I'd say just scrimmage. It's going to be a scrimmage. A controlled um, scrimmage. Controlled mm. scrimmage. This isn't going to be, uh, you know, uh, full. I, I wouldn't even say it's going to be full on guys just smashing into each other, Vince. This is going to be very controlled. Uh, but most important, I think here. I mean, I, honestly, I think there's going to be falling on the referees and the the television people that are going to be there doing these run throughs on Monday and Tuesday because this is their. I mean, these players have been out there competing for, you know, twenty something days almost. Um, for the, the TV and the official people, uh, they're going to be out there doing their big test runs to get ready for February 8th and 9th. And uh, I think that falls on them for Monday and Tuesday. But, yeah, full full teams out there, we'll see what they show each other because these are your opponent for week one in all these cases. LA and Houston on Tuesday, New York and Tampa on uh, Tuesday as well. We won't be there for those, Bryant, but it is interesting Vince brings up that it's the week one opponents for these scrimmages. I, I don't. I'm not opposed to the idea. I know Vince, you were kind of earlier on this week, kind of against this, or you didn't like it. But it, it's going to give the teams a little comfortability, and I understand why they'd want to do it. But again, to Alan's point, it is a full-on scrimmage. But I, we're not going to see the starters. We're not going to see all the plays. I think this is going to be very um, controlled in that sense. That coaches are still going to keep things back. For more importantly, I think it's for the referees. It's for the uh, the television partners and the players, of course, yeah. for the timing of everything and the play clock and yeah. running actual offenses and defenses according to the real rules of the game, uh, in the con- constraints of the you know the play clock and the game clock and all that and everything being officiated. Um, that also is important for all the players, but this isn't going to yeah. be a going to be a, a, a true game pre. I want to call this a true preseason game in any stretch. It's a scrimmage. It's a, it's a- 
Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see if the coaches are out on the field during the scrimmages, you know, that kind of stuff uh, to see how much, uh, you know, say they have in the flow of it. You know, uh, I, you're telling me it's going to be full timed and everything. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on, you know, how much work is done, you know, maybe they'll let them go a little bit longer. It'll be interesting to see. I, I like what you said about Fox and ESPN kind of be running their own tests. And I, and I don't know how much television you guys have watched uh, the past couple of days, but, you know, Fox has been running some ads for this XFL. Uh, they are getting hyped for it. They're advertising for it, getting the word out. And, and I can't be more excited about it. Yeah, I know. I like seeing fans tweeting out videos of them videoing their own televisions when the commercials come on. That's really cool to see. That that really makes it real for a lot of people, I think. And yeah, they'll be there. And also, uh, the me- the media, you know, buzz is also generating. Earlier in the week, we saw a famous personality from Barstool, PFD commenter, uh, trying out kicking for the you know DC Defenders which was a fun, fun deal there. A lot of people talking about that. They have a huge following, so that got people's attention. Um, But then on Monday, you have Chad Ochocinco, Vince, trying out with some other kickers legitimately for spots on some teams in private workouts. This guy gets around, man. I'll tell you something right now. You know, he was at uh, um, the uh, Cowboy Conor McGregor press conference on Wednesday – asking questions or uh was it third yeah on wednesday he was asking questions uh you know he's very involved in bleacher report betting out at uh caesar's palace in las vegas uh he usually does some some content there and then he's got this big tryout coming on monday this guy is all over the place uh I, you know i'm very i'm very fascinated to see if he could if uh if he could do i have no doubt that he could kick the ball but you know in that kind of situation that's not an easy thing to do yeah, I mean, field goal kicking and also being a receiver your entire career. I'm interested to see actually what Chad Ochocinco could do. There are some really good kickers in this league, guys with NFL experience. Um, we'll see how he stacks up. That's going to be a, no, not open to the public. It's going to be a private behind-the-scenes tryout for these other him and those, those other, other kickers, kickers yeah. who are going to be there. But uh, if that happens, if that – I mean – Obviously, you don't give anybody a job unless they can do the job. But if it ends up him being the best guy for one of those jobs, those kicking jobs, that would be an amazing story for the league. I, honestly, I would love to see that. I'll say this: you know, I, I was I didn't see him in in person, but I did see him on on television. Uh, and this guy looks like he's still in tremendous shape. So you know, it, I could tell he's you know he's been taking care of his body. He's been in the gym, and he's going to give it his best he's got. Yeah, good luck to Chad Ochocinco and all the other kickers trying out and everybody trying to make these teams because we are winding down training camp. It ends on January 22nd. We've got those scrimmages coming up. We've got cuts coming up, those final rosters to break down when they do get whittled down. That's going to be fun to do on the show. And like we said, we do have a brand new schedule. Everyone who's been following us all the way since 2018, uh, you've been used to the every football Sunday schedule it's changing up because well we're three weeks from kickoff and that means we have games that we're gonna have to be covering previewing reacting to so the new schedule tuesday mornings thursday nights twice a week plus bonus mini sods when applicable 
So keep it locked to the feed. Put those notifications on. Leave those reviews when you subscribe as well on Apple. That helps spread the word to other people looking for XFL shows on their telephone devices and their tablets and whatnot. Brings up the algorithm so everybody gets aware <laughs> that this is the XFL shows covering every single detail, every nook and cranny you think of like, the league. You think maybe next time we talk to Storm Norton, we could talk to him about the algorithms of podcasting? I, I feel think like he's, he's more a, of a mechanical engineering oh, type yes, that's what talker, Storm Norton, Vince. And we were told that he's really into that. And I know you love electrical engineering. So if you and Storm want to shoot the breeze on a special podcast, we could try to set it up. Yeah, I've I've dabbled in the uh, mechanical engineering realm, so I feel like I could, you know, at least at least BS my way through it. <laughs> I don't think Storm Norton's BSing about any of that. He's a legit smart dude. Um, but maybe that'll come another time. Until then, we have a lot more of Houston to experience, observe, and report on on our next episode, and we'll be having that for you, as well as at XFL Show on Twitter and XFL.com. Well, and don't forget, our next show is only two days away from this live, from this uh, dropping. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, fans of the holster all show. <laughs> uh, fans, uh, it's better than the freaking pig squealing, I'll tell you that much right oh now. Oh, my goodness. That is <laughs> a story fair. we can never tell on uh, I will say this. Uh, fans out there, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to let us know what's going on, find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, at XFL Show. We're happy to answer your questions here as much as possible. Uh, and also find us on XFL.com. That's where I go to find our show now, Alan. I don't know where you're going. Yeah, XFL.com is the easiest because you also have not only the podcast page, transactions page, latest news, rosters. I mean, it's really building up into a, a place to, to go for every single thing, one-stop shop, and it's really fun. Plus all the social media activity across the league with all the teams. They're putting it up there nice and neat in the news section. So check out XFL.com. For sure, while you're listening to the show as kind of a, a study guide, a, a companion. I mean, Vince basically has the rules page up all day, every day, no matter what he's doing. Yeah, that's what you got to do because you don't want to look. You don't want to be that guy whenever it's like, what, what, why are they spotting the ball so quickly? You know, <laughs> who is that? Who is that extra referee running on the field? You don't want to be that person. You just want to have it on your tablet right there. I will say this because I think it's applicable. Uh, also, our next show is closer than ever, uh, so make sure you stick around. Uh, we're going to be here, Vince. All those rules, uh, you should see them in action, man, because being out here in Houston is actually pretty, really cool. It is, but I will say also, haven't seen a double forward pass yet. You're not going to. I told you that. training camp. You can't. can't give it away. Of course, we do have that phone number. If you ever want to call it, leave a voicemail, 724-565-4XFL. And yes, that is at XFL Show on social media. Hey, check out the Football Advisory Network as well. Uh, that's a really cool place to really dive deep into in, being a fan. That's footballadvisorynetwork.com. Uh, we go on there and we also uh, dabble in the uh, forums and the discussion uh, throughout the week. So check it out on Fan. And we'll be uh, hopefully interacting with that a whole lot more in the very near future. But uh, until... The next show, which is again, how when is that? It's only two days away. Two days. Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights. The new schedule starts next week. Until then, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back with more from Houston for Jake, for Vince, for Bryant. I'm Alan. This is the XFL show. Remember, they're listening.